with Sherry is a bariatric podcast talking about weight loss surgery. I am not a licensed professional. Any views and or opinions expressed in the show are those of the speakers and do not reflect the bariatric community as a whole. Always reach out to a professional with any medical issues you are experiencing. Thanks so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unzip with Sherry. With yours truly, as always, duh, I'm Sherry. Um, my show for this week, I'm actually really excited about because we're going to be talking about a lot of subjects that we don't realize are an issue until after we've had bariatric surgery and we're navigating through life. Sometimes it doesn't happen until six months out, one year out, and for some of us, it can even happen multiple years out. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to focus our episode on self-empowerment and how we can navigate for the long haul and how we can deal with situations that come up when it comes to whether how we view ourselves, what we're focusing on, and more importantly, our interactions with friends and families and how we are bridging the gap between the person that we used to be and the person that we are now. So I brought two really amazing people back onto the show. You already know their backstory, so they're not going to be strangers anymore. They are now family. We have Missy, who had the sleeve two and a half years ago, and we also have Tanya, who is eight months post-op, who in my book is still a newbie, and that still makes me really excited because watching her transform has been exciting. Um, Missy has also had the DS a year and a half later. She is kicking ass, and her heart is just so inspiring and amazing. So you guys have already fallen in love with them before. We're bringing them back again. So ladies, I hope you're ready. We're about to get unzipped. We all have a story on how we got here, right? So for me, I used to be over 350 pounds. Until one day, I made the single decision that I wanted change. Weight loss surgery has saved my life and now I am here for you. I wanna hear your story. You know, the one that happened during that before and after picture? It's time to unzip. What's your story? Hello, beautiful ladies. Hello. Hello. I, number one, it's been over a year since I've had more than one person on the panel, so it always makes me nervous, but I'm excited. Yay. Thank you for it. having us. I am mm -hmm. excited. So do we like the new backdrop? I finally have yeah. like a little more profesh, you know, I like to look at myself too, because I have a huge ego. Um, well, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you ladies so much for being here on the show. Um, I know that there, I'm hoping there's gonna be a lot of activity. So you guys watching who are watching live right now, chime in, ask your questions, be part of the conversation, because this mm -hmm. does not just affect the three of us. This affects all of us in some different way. And so um, I had this idea that I wanted to do something kind of like on self-empowerment. And so I had reached out to a couple of people and Missy and Tanya right away. They're like, we are in, we want to have this discussion because uh, it goes alongside what their mindset is already like. And they're already like kind of living this kind of self-empowerment kind of feeling. And so I thought this would be a really great way for us to kind of talk about it and not just talk about it and bring awareness to it, which I think is just as important but how do we navigate through it? What are some tips and tricks that we can suggest um, that might help you on the road to your own self-empowerment? So I don't know about you guys. I've always seen videos from years like motivational speakers and different CDs and books about self-empowerment. But I was literally thinking about it 
10 minutes before you guys came on, there's a chance that self-empowerment might mean something different to everybody. So how do we navigate and give advice on an ideal that we might not all be on the same page on? It might affect us differently. So I'll start with you, Misty, and maybe you can kind of give us an idea on what self-empowerment is your interpretation of it. Okay, so my interpretation, I have a few different ones. I come at it from a like professional business perspective and then personal. So um, I, I manage corporate expenses for a major telecommunications company. I um, work closely with like executive leaderships. So when I'm in those meetings, um, my self-empowerment allows me to speak up because for years I was so afraid. I'm fantastic at my job. I was terrified to speak up because I didn't want them looking at me. So getting that confidence and empowering myself, even though I know my job, to actually speak up. So that's kind of like the professional business side of it. The personal side of it, it's kind of the same, except it's more internal where uh, it's okay if I don't know something or if it's okay. Whereas for business, I feel like I have to be on the ball. Like I have to, right. you know, it's, I'm in finance. So you, you have to, you know, it's hardcore. Personal, I feel like it's okay if I don't know what I'm doing. I'll I'll figure it out. But it's empowering to step out of my shell. And I'm still learning. I don't have all the answers. So self-empowerment to me, like you said, it's going to be different to everybody. But that's kind of just what it means to me. So it almost sounds like self-empowerment to you means finding your voice. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that because how many times can we relate that we never spoke up or we were afraid? And we're going to get into that later with the whole people pleasing mentality that so many of us have had. Um, I love that something as simple as just finding your voice is extremely powering, mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Tanya, what about you? What does self empowerment mean to you? For me, it's actually putting myself first and realizing that it's not selfish. I have to fill my own cup. Otherwise I have nothing to give. And I am a cranky bee. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and in those instances, I don't like to be around myself. So why would anyone else want to be around me either? So, um, I grew up and I was very shy. I was very introverted and, um, that continued on and it got worse with weight gain and depression and things like that. Um, when I married Jay, it became his goal to get me out of my shell. And he's like, I did a little bit too good of a job. (laughs) (laughs) And so now he actually told me yesterday, he's like, you know, you handle things a lot better, better now. And I know that's because I'm doing the things that I need to do for myself. Um, taking care of myself so that I'm not feeling so overwhelmed by everybody else because I just want to fix everybody and I can't fix everybody. And, and knowing mm-hmm. that is very empowering too. realizing that, okay, it's not a, it's a, not re- my responsibility to fix anyone. Um, and, and I physically can't fix everyone. We can't, and we're definitely going to get into that as well. And isn't that funny? Like two completely different answers, mm-hmm. but I feel like still both encompass it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of it myself and I, and I don't know, maybe sometimes I over blanket things, but I feel like in one way that I become self-empowered is just having the I can attitude. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't oh, yeah. 
even if I don't know how to get to the destination, it's just telling myself that I can do it, that I can either find the energy to, or find the resources of where I need to go to get to the destination, whether it's in the job field or in the personal field or the relationships, it's being okay with asking questions because I'm on this trajectory that I know I can do it. And then once you do do it, it's like this, I don't know, culminating, like feeling like once you've accomplished it and you know, the work that went into it, I feel like just very empowered, whether it's self-empowered or whatever, because you're still doing it on your own, but not being afraid to, you know, ask for help and tips, which is what we're trying to do today is we want to provide you guys with some tips and tricks. Um, I guess maybe not tricks. We're not tricking people, but um, so obviously, Misty, you did not always have your voice. You did not always find your voice. Um, so what what changed for you along the way that brought you into your new voice and, and the confidence to exert it outward? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, on this, and, and I, I started to call it my wellness journey. Like I had weight loss surgery. I'm on a weight loss journey, but it's a wellness journey because I'm not just shedding pounds. I'm also healing myself on the inside. I'm also healing myself mentally. So I'm on a wellness journey. In this journey, um, I am gaining confidence. So when you, when you actually feel confident in something Mm -hmm. that empowers you, that gives you strength and that, um, that lets me know I can speak up, I can use my voice. So because I felt silenced for so much of my life, now I just don't shut up because I have a lot to say because now I want to use my voice, not just for myself, for right. others, yes. but main, for myself. I have, like, like Tanya said, you have to fill your cup first. So mm-hmm. I have to speak for me first um, and then that it kind of just, it's a, like a ripple effect from there. But yeah. yes. The confidence goes in hand in hand and lets me know that I have something to say and there's people that want to hear it. If you don't want to hear it before, I'd be like, oh, no. OK, well, what do you want me to say? What can <laughs> right. I do? And now I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To- sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And now if you don't want to hear it, I don't give a shit. You don't have to listen. So. Which I feel like some people can listen to that and think that that's overly harsh, but sometimes you have to have that attitude because otherwise there are way too many opinions and critiques and outside influences that can try to tear you down. So I fucking love that. Um, So for Miss Tanya, Mm -hmm. so for you, it was more so self-empowerment is making the decision to put yourself first. Now, as someone that I can highly relate to that because I even to this day, I'm still somewhat of a people pleaser. And I do struggle with having those boundaries. What was the trajectory? Like, what was a turning point for you that made you decide that I'm putting myself first? And how did you what did the first few steps look like for you? I honestly, it was a force I had to put myself first. um, Because I think that and I shared this with you guys yesterday is that i probably wouldn't be here now or shortly after if I wouldn't have done something to take control of my, of my health. Um, and everybody was bringing me down and I became so resentful and such 
not an ugly person, but I had an ugly attitude all the time. I didn't like that. And then that was dangerous too, because, you know, it all plays into physical health, mental health, everything. And I've called mine a a health journey. So I like the wellness journey thing too. And I had to do something to take control of myself so I could take care of the important things, you know, stepping up for the business, um, being there for Jay and everyone else. If they weren't on board, they've kind of just floated into the, the background. And, Mm -hmm. and I had to become okay with that. You know, that some relationships are seasonal. People might come back in. It's not that I don't like them anymore, but they can't be my priority. And, I cannot fix others. And that was a huge realization. Yeah. And we're definitely going to touch that too. Yeah. That's it's, it's interesting because if I was to go back to my self-empowerment of with the, I can't attitude. Now I've always been someone who had this, I can attitude. Maybe it's because I'm extremely stubborn and do not tell me that I can't do something. Cause then my sole focus is just to prove you wrong. Yeah. So the one thing that I'm very grateful growing up with is that stubbornness, I guess, in a way it has, it can hinder you at times, but it's been very helpful for me because it's always kept me on track. Once I commit to something that I'm hundred percent into it, however, comma, ha- even having that attitude, it's so easy to have the background noises of people around you. Like, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing X, Y, and Z. And then after a while, when the results that you're seeking are not coming, you're assuming, oh, I should have been listening to them. So then you stop and you're constantly going around. And um, it wasn't until even almost nine years, it's only been like a few years ago for me that I finally started speaking up and I finally started kind of talking back. And I don't want to say like too much sass, but I finally started standing up for myself. Like I'm, I am doing X, Y, and Z because that's what I want to do. If I make a mistake or if it doesn't go well, I only have myself to blame. But once I started speaking up, there were people that kind of fall off to the wayside or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's other people that learn to back off. And, and so once I found my voice in that, I was like, oh my God, I'm actually getting to the destination because I don't I'm not no longer letting people tear me down. And just like with you, it's so important we all know, because you guys have gotten messages from me, I sometimes push so hard because I'm very stubborn and I say I can do something that I completely burn myself out because mm-hmm. I'm not taking time for myself. I'm constantly trying to help everybody else or listen to everybody else. So this week is kind of one of the first times that I learned, okay, I need to take a step back. I'm sending messages to people that if I don't respond, don't take it personal. I finally made the decision to truly put myself first. And I went in knowing there's a chance that some people might not like that version of you because it doesn't serve them in the moment. But I was genuinely surprised by all of the people that were like, yeah, what fucking took you so long? We've been waiting for you to do it or whatever. So now, and I'm like, okay, so it's about finding your inner circle, which we're going to talk about too. Um, Mm -hmm which I do think is actually a really good segue. Um, and I'm curious for people who are, who are listening and watching right now, how many times this has happened to you where when you become a people pleaser your entire life, people think that they have the right to dictate how your life can go in the decisions that you're making. And the better that we're feeling with ourselves, the more confident becoming, the more we're finding our voice, the more we're putting ourselves first, 
some people have issues with that. And so it's very common, especially not just post-op, any kind of transformation that you are going through, whether in your wellness, spiritual, whatever journey, um, we need to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and I'm curious to know um, with Missy, as you are making this transition and this transformation of yourself, I know for you, because we talked about it in your episode, how you've had to set boundaries. Um, and sometimes it's with family members or it's with people who are close to us that it's very hard to have that conversation. So I wanted to know for people who are listening, who know they need to do the same thing and they are scared. Is there any advice that you can give them to start that conversation? Um, the, the only advice, not only the, the biggest piece of advice I could give is you, you have to love yourself. And if you are, for whatever reason, why there has to be a boundary set between you and a family member, a friend, a work colleague, whoever it is in your life, if they are treating you a certain way that does not lift you up, or if however they're coming at you, if that does not serve you, you owe it to yourself to say, hey, listen, I, you, you can't talk to me that way. You, mm-hmm. you can't treat me that way. Right. Because that goes back to self-love and self-respect. Because if it was somebody, you know, just a stranger on the street saying or doing something to you, you'd be like, you can't, you can't talk to me that way. Why do we continue to give free passes to the people in our lives who should never speak to us that way or who should never treat us that way? We are forever giving free passes because, oh, it's family or, or, oh, well, we've been friends for 20 years. That doesn't matter. It's, it falls on them. They should have the respect and love for you to not treat you that way. Right. But sometimes people don't. So we owe it to ourselves to stand up and say, hey, listen, and it's hard, especially when it's somebody very close to you. Yeah. But we owe it to ourselves to stand up and say, I deserve better. Um, and setting that boundary is hard. Keeping the boundary and sticking to that boundary is even harder, but, um, it, you, you have to do it. We we can do hard things and setting boundaries and holding it is definitely hard. A fucking men. Excuse me. (laughs) We're, I think we're just going to curse today just over it. Let's, um, let's just do it. Tanya, what about you? Because in because you have the personal element of having to set boundaries, but you also run a business where you have employees and stuff. And I'm curious from your perspective, how does the people pleasing and trying to overcome the assertiveness without being aggressive or I'm sorry, people can assume that you're being a bitch because mm-hmm. you're trying to run your business or whatever. What are what has helped for you to try to navigate through that transition? I'm still struggling in that arena, especially when it comes to, to some employees. Um, just a second. I'm sorry. She's going to have to make an appearance. Oh, hello, baby. She'll get down eventually, but she's just like pawing at me. Um, I'm often, it's misconstrued that I am being, being a bitch, but I do have expectations. If I'm paying you to do a job, 
I want the job done and I want it done right. I'm not being um, adversarial. And maybe I was in the past because I was in so much pain. Right. But I really try hard to filter myself um, to the point, actually, that I've, I've said that I, I'm not going to tiptoe around people anymore. They're either going to do what I say because I am it's my business or they're just going to have to be upset about it. And, and it's cost us some employees and maybe they weren't the best fit and maybe, maybe a hundred, hundred different things. Um, I'm still navigating that because I hate confrontation. So a lot of time, sometimes my way of dealing with it is to just let it, let it be. And it just goes away silently. Sometimes I do have a little, hissy fit. Normally it's just a J poor guy. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very interesting how, how I'm, I'm trying different things now. And honestly, therapy has helped. Oh yes. You know, I had therapy today and we talked about it and I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not going to stop. And she's like, no, there, you don't have to stop therapy. You can like graduate or you can like space it out, but mm -hmm. you always come back. And it's like, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be a stopping point. And there's nothing wrong with me because I need therapy. No, sometimes I just need an unbiased opinion of somebody who's not in my day to day life. Giving me some some other ideas, some think outside the box ideas. And because sometimes I can get a little closed minded and I mm -hmm. and I know this, um, especially when it comes to to confronting. Now, I'm not as it's not as hard for me to, to say things anymore. Cause I have found my voice to a certain extent and mine has mainly been, um, in the business world. A lot of people contact me and have questions and things like that. And I'm more than happy, just like in the bariatric community to help people out. However, they have to do some work. They have right. to, they have to want it. They have to, they have to be doing, doing things for themselves because I can't build someone's business. I'm also not going to tell them everything that I've done to build my business. I will share and I will, will inspire and have a collaborative conversation, but I'm not going to do it for anybody. Right. That, that was an eye opener when I, when I made that decision and quit worrying about everybody who was messaging me that was upset with me because I wouldn't do it for them. Yeah. I think it's really important and to kind of go off for both of you guys, I think it's really important for people listening to understand that there is a vast difference between being confident in yourself and your new abilities and being cocky. Mm -hmm. And I think that oftentimes when people see you becoming a better version of yourselves and they see you becoming more confident and maybe you're wearing a little crop top or maybe you're doing an activity you would have never done before, I feel like there there's a handful of people in your circle that will kind of look at like, Oh, she thinks she's better than everyone else now because she's doing these things. And after a while, how many of us have started to retract from doing new things or wearing mm -hmm. certain outfits in front of certain people, because, because you're now going to give them an insecurity and you're going to now make them feel bad. Or if you had this amazing accomplishment at work and then all of a sudden you can't talk about it because somebody else um, is going to get irritated that you are just gloating. Once again, everything's going right for Tanya or, oh my God, once again, Mindy bought another shirt or Misty bought another shirt. And so I want people to understand number one, first and foremost, do not 
ever apologize for being successful, whether it's in business or in personal or weight loss goals mm -hmm. or in college or schooling, whatever it is, don't ever apologize that you put yourself first, you're putting the work in. And if you have something to show for the hard work that you've just busted your ass for, do not let anyone trample yeah. on top of that and make you feel guilty to where you attract. Anybody who does, and this comes off as harsh, is that's a them problem. That means that they're not there yet. And that's fine. And I think that's a very good segue into the next issue that we wanted to discuss is once you start becoming more successful in whatever field you are working towards, you can start to inspire people or you encourage people. Um, people are going to start coming to you for advice. People are going to start looking at you. They're either going to see your pictures or they see your successes and now they want your help. Um, so I kind of wanted to give you guys the floor for a little bit uh, as to what your experiences have been like now that you guys are finding some personal successes and people are reaching out to you for advice. It, it's been interesting. Um, and some people have, have taken it very well and some not so well, or they just drop off because I will start asking them questions, you know, like if they're struggling with a stall or not getting stuff in or their mental health, I will be very honest and be like, okay, what, what are you doing? Are, are you in therapy? Are you, are you getting up and you're drinking pop or coffee or whatever before your water? Because that was an issue for me. And I, I switched up just some one thing and I, I'm starting to meet my water goals now. So there's always little tweaks that you can make, but if you're not willing to have the discussion to answer the questions, then I'm not going to be able to help. Mm -hmm. And I will either just, you know, step back and see if they come back to me. Um, but if they come back to me a couple times, I will finally say, you know, you have to be ready to, to try some different things when you're ready, come back to me and we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I never want to come off as, you know, mean or I'm better than you because I, I don't think I'm better than anybody, but it also, it comes back to how I run my, my business and, and things. And I can't help if you're not willing to, to Put help work in. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. What, what What's your experience been like, Misty? Um, well, I think going back to confident and cocky, um, first, like I, I feel confident. I don't think I'm cocky, but I think a lot of people don't also don't realize I'm, I'm meeting myself for the first time. I, I haven't been this person. So I'm learning living in this body and in this new mindset. So I'm learning as I go too. Um, but I, I am getting like on this different social media platforms. I get questions all the time, which I love. I love um, any kind of, you know, question around weight loss surgery, mm -hmm. mental, like whatever, like, what are you doing, Missy? Like, how, like, how did you do that? Like I did a mud girl. So I got questions on, you know, like, how did you do that? I love those. And a lot of the times people are so receptive and they, 
I'm not a professional. I'm just giving my own advice and my own experience. But I also get people who will start arguing with me. Oh, well, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Or um, I, they don't, they don't sell that where I live or um, I, I don't like water or like when I, if I ask just like you, Tanya, like, um, are you active? Are you mm -hmm. walking? Are you getting your water in? Are you taking your vitamins? Which I'm, I honestly, I've been sucking with my vitamins lately. So I'm not perfect. I don't, I mess up all the time too. Right. But you, when you ask those questions, like, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Well, well, the answers are always, well, no. Oh, no, I can't do that. So my thought is, you know, it's not easy. This whole journey is hard. But mm -hmm. if you keep getting up, trying something, and then keep getting knocked down again, but then you keep getting back up, I respect mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Because, because I do. Like, I, I don't try something once and succeed, and I'm like, oh, I'm freaking awesome. I keep getting knocked down, but you have to keep getting back up. Mm -hmm. It's the ones who don't even try, who just have excuses. And and I'm speaking from experience. When I was at my heaviest, I was miserable. I didn't try. I just, I, yeah. I my automatic answer was, oh, I can't do that. Nope, I can't do that. And that's why I got to be 450 pounds because my, no, I can't ruled my life. So my whole thing is ask me questions. I'm here to help, but you might not like my answer. And then I, there's nothing I can do about that. So something internally almost has to, to switch. And I, I don't know exactly how to tell people to, to do that. Your want has to become more than, than what you're living. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It became, I was so tired of being in such immense pain and being a miserable, yeah. <laughs> a miserable, miserable, depressed human. Right. Um, I, I didn't want that for myself and I didn't want it for anyone being around me either. Yeah. So then that became my, my focus. And if I could just take one more step and, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Um, and it comes, you know, with, with, like Missy said, being knocked down, getting mm -hmm. back up, being knocked down, getting back up. And it's yep. not easy in any stretch. Even, even I think years from now, when I'm far out, there's going to be, be times. Yeah. Like, I had a day to day. It wasn't, wasn't any one thing. It was just all these weird little things and it could have made me implode, but I had my choose word. I chose happy today. I didn't think I was going to have to choose it every five minutes, but there were a couple times today that I had to choose it every five minutes because I'm like, I can do this. I can and do that. I'm <laughs> and, and I think like, I, I think that when it comes to people at like, I don't know, for me, I feel like we all make big changes once we've hit like some form of a rock bottom. Now, everybody's rock bottom is going to be a different level. Some people, their rock bottom is, is right up here. It could be some vanity reason or whatever. And some other people, you could be dark in the depths of, you know, your own personal hell before you finally say enough's enough. I need change. So I, I think that there is this um, preconceived. I think there's a lot of people that do still want the quick fix. And we were all victim of that for so many years. Like oh, we yeah. just wanted the quick fix, you know, whatever the, the quick thing is. Um and I think that over the years, I try not to have like this all or nothing attitude because I know it can be very harmful. I do think when it comes to, you know, perseverance and the human nature, I do think that we, <clears throat> excuse me, fall into two categories 
we are either become victims or we become survivors. And I think there are many people who have this big victim mentality, like, and they're the ones who constantly have yeah. excuses why they can't do something. Mm-hmm. I can't do it because my foot hurts. I can't do it because water makes me gag. I can't. And I, like I said, I'm a very stubbornly nauseatingly positive person. So every time someone gives me something, I'm like, okay, a water enhancer. If it's a water issue, oh, you can't walk on your feet. Okay, let's work on some arms. Let's do something. I'm always trying to give them variations. And after a while, when you're constantly hitting this brick wall and everything that you are throwing at them, they're making an excuse as to why that won't work either, that won't work either. Then I look at them, I'm like, okay, you're currently in the victim mentality. And at that point, I I can't keep giving you options if you're not willing to try anything. And then the people pleaser in you feels guilty for wanting to walk away, but I was the, I had that victim mentality. I had to hit my own rock bottom before I took control of myself and decided to make changes and we can't force it onto other people. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in the bariatric community or in any community that you're in where people are like coming to you for help. But going back to the last segment, you have to be able to set boundaries at some point. If people are coming to you and you are exhausting your energy, I know for me personally, when you keep hitting that brick wall, it starts bringing me down because then I start questioning, maybe I'm not a good person because I haven't turned them yet. I haven't convinced them or I haven't worked hard enough to motivate them to drink the fucking water or whatever, whatever it was. And I'm like, why am I beating myself down? I'm doing all of the work right now. So I'm giving it a hundred percent for the sake of somebody else who can't even receive it. And so I do think it's really important because just like Missy said, look, shit happens. And sometimes we put in the work and it's still not working, but, and then we dust off and we try it again and it's still not working. I have immense respect for you. If you keep showing up every single day And as long as you're trying to find adaptations and find different ways to get to the solution, I will help you all freaking day long. I will do whatever I can to help you get because the drive is there. But if there's no drive, um, we, you have to be able to learn to set those boundaries and be like, maybe I'm not the best person to help you. Maybe you should seek a professional or, you know, seek someone else. And it sucks. I still like, I still struggle with it every day. The, Another the way want look- is there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the want. So I, I can want it for you as much as I can, but unless they want it, just like with me, like for, for my surgery, I didn't want it for years. I, I had to wait till I hit my rock bottom and I'm like, crap, like I want mm-hmm. it. So you, you, you can't want something enough for somebody. They have to want it. And also if you try to keep, keep helping and they're not ready, you're actually enabling them. So they're going to not reach their rock bottom necessarily because they have all these crutches. So they might think that you're a real bitch because you're not willing to, to go any further with it. But enabling someone is never a helpful thing. I, I grew up with that in my own family and it held, it held people back for, for ages. So like, I'm not doing you any favors by continuing to do this, mm-hmm. but come back to me when, when we can work together. Um, yeah. And that, that helps me too, because I will walk away going, okay, I feel like a terrible human because yeah. I'm, I'm giving up on this person. No, 
they are not at a point where they are mentally or physically or whatever, whatever the, the hang up is, because it could be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, they're not ready. And that's okay. And how you how you handle it too, not coming off as as a witch or um, not degrading them, you know, for for not wanting it or or whatever at that point, but leaving just a little sliver of a crack open mm -hmm. because you also don't want to leave a a big door for the people who are never going to help themselves because that is very soul sucking as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like where tough love comes in. Like you mm -hmm. still you know, come at them with respect. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people need some tough love where you're there, you're still going to be there, but you need to back away mm -hmm. until you're ready to handle your shit. And then when you're ready, I will pick right back up. Right. And help you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I've told a handful of people, even just in the last few weeks, I said, look, I'm not going anywhere. I will always be here. I will not turn my back on you. However, comma, I'm giving you a hundred percent in trying to help you. But if you're not giving me five or even 6%, all it's doing is I keep hitting this brick wall. And what happens when you when you're constantly going, 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 you are draining your own energy. And then I find myself falling backwards into my own personal goals because it becomes very yeah. toxic. And I don't truly believe that the average person is doing it intentionally. I think it's right. just the headspace that they're in. Like I said, either they haven't found their rock bottom yet or they haven't made the decision or maybe like Missy, maybe we've been enabling this whole time by saying you can do it. It's OK. It's OK. Like just and, and at some point you have to be able to cut the cord and be like, I'm not going anywhere when you are ready. I'll still be here, but I have to put myself first and I can't invest energy into it. And I can't we can't pedal the bike for you if you're not willing to at least put the shoes on and go out there and fucking try it. And for anybody listening, I know that you guys have been in this situation before. Give yourself permission for it's okay to say no to people. It's okay yes. to turn away your help if they're not ready to receive it. That does not yeah. make you a bad person. That does not make you evil in any way. All it means is that you love yourself so much that you're protecting your heart for the first time. And it's still open when the other person needs to come in when they are ready. Yes. And I, I think I agree with that a hundred percent. And I just want to add on when, when the person is ready, it might not be a good time for you. You might yes. be working on some stuff and that's where some self love and some self empowerment comes in where you, you have to stand up for yourself. So if that yeah. person is like, okay, you know what? I'm ready. I need help. If you don't have the capacity because your cup isn't full, you are a hundred percent entitled to be like, you know what? I love you. I can't right now. Yes. I'm not saying right. no forever, but right now I need to fill my cup and work on myself because I really believe that we teach people how to treat us. Yes. So standing up for ourselves if whether it's somebody treating us poorly or somebody legit coming to us out of you know positivity if you're not if you're not ready you are totally okay to be like i i right now right mm -hmm. i can't and that doesn't make you a bad person no. that you're putting yourself first so that's important 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And an important thing to note too, that if people are treating you poorly, it's because you're letting them. Yeah. If people are being negative towards you, it's because you're letting them. So, and I, number one, I just want to say that I love that we're getting a lot of a really amazing comments and I feel like an ass hacks. I have not been able to read all of them. Um, it's been like very, very chatter, chatter today. So first and foremost, thank you guys for the comments. If people are going back and watching the YouTube, you'll be able to see these comments as well. Um, but Beth brought up a good point and she said on a bucket filler note, it dips from your bucket. Your cup or bucket is a two way street. It's okay to have hard days and rely on friends, but in turn, it needs to go both ways. Um, and I, I know for me personally, if I offer my help to somebody or if I offer myself to somebody, whether it's on an emotional connection or financially or whatever, I don't do it with the expectation that you are going to do something in return. I am not doing in yeah. the, with this tit for tat mentality. However, comma, if down the road, the role is ever reversed and I'm reaching out to you for help and you are resisting or you make ex- excuses or I've been ghosted, I have no one to blame for myself because I never did it with the intention that I wanted something in return. However, I will down the road be more cautious as to who I give my time to, because if I'm investing myself into you there, I want a return on my investment. I'm not saying you need to pay me or give me money, but your friendship, your time, your ear, like I'm one of those people. I try not to ask for very things very much, but if I do, And if you're going through shit, that's one thing. But I, there are people in my circle now that if I called them at three o'clock in the morning and said, I'm having a rough day, I know people will answer that phone and they will talk me off the ledge when three years ago, I did not have that. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's why I do try to pay it forward in every way that I can with my time. But if you're not going to at least take the advice and try to better yourself, all you're saying is that my time has no value and it's okay for me to waste my time, which means you're not respecting me and you're not, you don't have enough care for me. Why am I going to give the same care to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yes. So you guys in the comments are freaking awesome. Yeah. They know (laughs) Crystal says, I know they can't resist the Sherry stare. It's often misconfused as um, resting bitch face. I've been told that many times. Um, But yeah. Uh, So moving on to the next topic that is probably the most dangerous thing that we do to ourselves, not only in the bariatric community, but oftentimes in our life is the constant comparing ourselves to the look, actions, successes of somebody else. Misty, why do we do it? Why do we compare ourselves? Why? Because we are gluttons for punishment sometimes. I'm telling you. Um, it, I, I do it. I still do it. And I, I know it's detrimental. It's so bad for my wellness journey. It does me no favors. When I start to compare my journey with somebody else's who I'm taking away from, I'm taking away from their successes, but I'm taking away from me too. I've had great successes yet, even though I've had great successes, I still find myself in the same breath. I'll be like, Oh, I did this. Oh, but, and then I come up with why it's still not good enough is this person. Mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm, I'm totally downsizing my awesomeness mm-hmm. 
because I see somebody else doing great. And I'm like, well, why can't I have that? At the same time, you don't know that that person could be thinking, oh my God, Misty's freaking rocking this right now. I wish I could do that. So we don't know somebody's actual journey and how they got to where they are. But we can only control what we do and our journey. And celebrating any non-scale victory, any professional success, any job promotion, any mm-hmm. anything, celebrating that is something that only we can do for ourselves. So I say, and I like I said, I still compare. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really working on not doing that because mm-hmm. I feel like it sets me back when I do that. Um, I'm really, when I start to feel myself comparing I instantly, actually, the last few weeks. So if you see on TikTok, if you see me posting like um, videos of like what like my successes in weight loss, that's usually because I've been going down a rabbit hole of comparing myself. So I'll instantly do something, and I'm like, yeah, I did that mm-hmm. because it's like I need to snap myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we are growing through our journey, it's amazing to celebrate those NSVs. Um, I was telling you both yesterday that when I took the chance and asked Val if I could come to her place before Chicago, which was the absolute best thing that I've done in a long time, because I got to, to really know and spend some intimate time with, with these ladies. But we were trying on clothes because like Val, we joke her about it, like the house of Val Boutique. Literally, she went through all of her closets and she has them all hanging up. So we were all going through the stuff. It was the first time ever that I was with a group of people that I didn't feel bad about myself. Even though, I mean, I'm, I was the newest one there. So obviously I'm, I'm the bigger one, but I didn't feel bad for the first time because I was in, a, in an environment and with people that like, got it mm-hmm. and that you like, trust oh yeah and i'm yeah. like this feels really good i yeah. i want this type of relationships in my life and since then you know even like going into a dressing room no longer is like traumatizing and tear causing or causing me to cuss type of thing so it's all in how you kind of process that and get to a point where you know who your people are and you can let some people, some people in and you can be that for others as well, as long as prior things that we've talked about are met as well. Yeah. I love that. I do too. And I think oftentimes we're constantly comparing ourselves to a physical attribute of somebody else. And I know, like, obviously I speak a lot on the bariatric community, um, specifically one, because the podcast is bariatric related and two, I'm like immersed in this world still. But I feel like so often people who are are newer on the journey or like a, a year out or less will see Misty's transformation video and they'll see her before and after picture and they're like, God, God damn, like I wanna look like that. And then they run out and get the surgery. And then, you know, Missy might've said in a conversation, let's say she lost 20 pounds the first week after surgery. And then they have surgery and they lost three pounds. And they're like, I don't understand. Like Missy lost 20 pounds. I'm a failure. 
or whatever. And you're like, no, there's so many other variables that like go into this. Um, (laughs) Misty told us in her story, in her episode, at one point she was like, was it 450 pounds? Okay. Somebody having surgery who started at 230 pounds is not losing 20 pounds in the first week. And, what? and so often we see this, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting heated all of a sudden. Oh my God. I get so, I get so frustrated. Um, so often we see a before and after picture and no one knows what the fuck happened in between that before and after picture. Yeah. People will see my journey. I'm going to be nine years on September 19th. It's going to be my nine year surge anniversary. And people are going to see my transformation videos and say, I want that. And I'm like, what you're not seeing is the 50 pounds of regain in year three. And what you're not seeing is the back went out and the 20 pounds of regain that happened from that. And what you're not seeing is the mental breakdown that broke me for a year. Like you're not seeing like the whole picture. You're just seeing this physical attribute. Huh? I just got goosebumps. Fucking heated. Um, you know, like, you don't see how many relationships and that I've had that have failed because the boundaries have been set and people were taking, taking, and there's so much that goes into it. And not only that, I'm going to be 42 years old. Somebody who's in their twenties is going to have different results. Somebody is going to have different genetics. Some people have had diabetes. Like there's so many different variables, but I feel like we're constantly comparing to this physical attribute. Oh, well, Misty's the same age as me and she has less wrinkles. So there must be something wrong with me. So now I need to go run out and like, you know, get this quick, another quick fix that fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on the little accomplishments we're making, like what Misty said, instead of focusing on the little excess skin on your arm, you have excess skin on your arm because you lost a hundred pounds. That, that's why you have excess skin. Like, why are you not focusing on that? You're now alive. Yeah. Tanya told us at the beginning of the episode, there was a chance she was not going to be alive today mm-hmm. because of the trajectory she was on. Misty has told us in her show before, she would probably not be alive today had she not made that decision two and a half years ago. So I, I get that. Once you start feeling good about yourself and you start losing weight, you have this ideal in your head that you want to look a certain way. And then you get so fucking nitpicky on every single thing that's not going well. Whereas, um, I don't know, you just did a cartwheel for the first time in your life. You've never been able to do that. You're now going into a regular size clothing store and you're not crying in the dressing room, you know, Uh or you just went to somebody's house and you might've felt like you were the bigger person in the group, but you, you didn't feel like the biggest person in the group because you were so happy with where you were. And this confidence, not cockiness, this confidence has brought you amongst an entire group or like this inner tribe that are like lifting you up and stuff. I think that we're just putting so much emphasis on what somebody else is doing that it's distracting us from what we need to do to get to the destination. Yeah. Rant over. And I know that a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of programs don't require therapy or um, or puppy love. <laughs> Sorry, oh, puppy I love, love the puppy. <laughs> um, but I really encourage everybody to seek therapy on their own. Um, I don't think if I have not if I hadn't been in a therapy journey that I would be as mentally okay because I still struggle. I, I still tend to can go down those rabbit holes and then Mm -hmm. I, I, but I have the tools now 
you know, I have the tool that's a surgery, but I have the tools mentally from therapy to bring myself back out of that. I'm like, okay, we need to take a time out here. We need to go refocus. We need to maybe go do some yoga or a meditation or, or whatever. Um, And I think that that's the difference. And the people that are new, being new sucks. I mean, you're, you're scared and you don't know what's going on with your body and you've got inflammation and and it's so easy to compare and be down. Um, but once you get into kind of a groove, I didn't really hit a groove until seven, eight, six, seven, eight months. Really? Yeah. I just was constantly, but you know, I had some, I had the diverticulitis and the colon perforation. So I was always like, okay, when's the next shoe going to drop type, type of thing. Um, but it's, it's better because I've been able to talk to my therapist at times when, you know, I'm like, okay, I think I'm being ridiculous here. (laughs) And then she can give me some honest feedback. And yeah, I have other people I can talk to as well, but they're too close to the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to tell me what I want to hear, not necessarily what I need to hear. And I'm going to get better from the therapist rather than if my husband says it to me or if, a really good friend is going to say it to me. But now that I'm further out, I can take the constructive criticism better than I would have at the beginning. So I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I've said this in, in my videos over and over and over, and I will probably say it till my, my dying breath. (laughs) I, I think like therapy is such a key part of this and like i'm i'm actively looking for a therapist i haven't been in like um con like a continual therapy program in a long time Mm -hmm. so i'm because it's i know it's needed i used to be in therapy all the time and it it so helped but Mm -hmm. therapy like there's so many things that we have to do we have to put in the work Mm -hmm. like um like i said to sherry the surgery is one day. Yes. Like those who have bariatric surgery, you lead up to it. The surgery is one day out of your life. Absolutely. It's up to you for every single day after you have to do something. The surgery is not going to show up every day and be like, oh, I right. have to do something. No, the surgery is one day. It does what it's supposed to do that one day. And then every day for the rest of your life, you have to do something to make have- that work you have decisions to make. Like yeah. even as, as soon as a few weeks ago, I wanted cake. I went out and got a cake and I ate too much of it. You know, sometimes if I want something, I'll have it and I'll just have like a bite or two a day, whatever. I ate the whole friggin' piece of cake in one day. Well, guess who was in the bathroom throwing up? I did that to yeah, myself, right. mm-hmm. not the surgery because I was the bonehead that decided that it was a good idea to eat the whole flipping piece of cake because I wanted it. Oh no. And you have to be able to learn for those things um, and not repeat the same, the same things over and over and over. Yeah. And okay. So Beth brought up a good point that therapy is a scary thing for many because of the stigma placed on therapy. I agree with you a thousand percent. I, my experience with therapy up until a few years ago was I felt it was so cliche. I felt that the purpose of therapy was to quote unquote, give you a label to make you feel better that you're not alone. And then either prescribe you some medication or, or 
just by giving you a label, now you're like, oh, it's okay that I'm not doing better for myself. It's because I have this label. Like you're given this hindrance that's not going to, you know, make you push forward. And I also had a bad experience where I went to therapy for the first time because I genuinely wanted help. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go seek help. And it was so cliche. It was the the weird recliner and there was the box of tissues right next to you. And I'm already scared because I've never done this before. I don't know what to expect. And I think I had an issue with like trying to make friends or like I was in my early 20s. I had had a lot of depression issues and I was like, I can't hold on to friends. And I don't know what I know now what the issue was, but back then I didn't. And within the first 10 minutes, it was, tell me about your father. What is the relationship with your father like? And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I was like, it's, you could not get more cliche. Okay. Why does everything have to be daddy issues or mommy issues? Or why was that the first place that you went to? So that for me had completely turned me off from the experience. I never went back for years. It's, it's a very good point because you, sometimes you have to treat therapy is like a job interview almost mm-hmm. not everything oh, yeah. is, is going to be who you need the yeah. first time that i when my when my mom died or my dad died i don't one of my parents when they died i was in an ugly place so um jay this said you know do you think you should go see someone so i made an appointment with this guy he was a jerk i came home and i'm like i will never go back to them ever 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 Mm-hmm. So when it came to me deciding to, to seek therapy, before I even um, decided to have bariatric surgery, I had had three deaths, boom, 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 boom. And I knew I needed some, some guidance to deal with all this stuff. I decided since I live in a small town and I wasn't really overly impressed with the offerings here. COVID, um, what the telehealth is more prominent. So I called mm-hmm. my insurance company and I'm like, can you send me a list of the places within 60 miles up to two hours that my insurance will meet? And so that was what was wonderful for me. So I have the option of doing, doing zoom visits with Hannah. Um, and I've actually gone into her office once just cause I wanted to meet her, but I love having the, the convenience of yeah. doing it by by the computer, I can stay home or I can do it from my car, or my phone, whatever. Um, so I encourage people not to be just like, "Oh, I don't like the therapist in my area." There are options. the yeah. the The healthcare world, as flawed as it is in some respects, COVID at least did us that favor. Yeah, yeah. Being normalized to be to do telehealth. I agree. And I'm happy. Like, I will say that when I had my nervous breakdown and I literally had no, I did not know how to physically function Mm -hmm. that I was like, I will do whatever it takes to get help. If that means if you want to talk about daddy issues, if that's going to be the first thing you want at this point, fuck it. I will do whatever I need to do to get on the other side of this. However, comma, I found an amazing woman who was airy fairy and I'm very airy fairy. So just being able to connect on that instantly made me feel comfortable once you're comfortable yeah. with them yes. it was a game changer yeah. and it's easy I, to open up 100 percent. and so for yeah. me i didn't want therapy for me personally i didn't want it to be like for the rest of my life because i thought mm-hmm. that i had this preconceived notion that therapy is often just bitching about your problems i'm a solution person you tell me what i need to do i will go to the yeah. sessions i will do the homework and then my goal is to hopefully not have to need it 
but and and I was able to do that to a certain extent. But I now know that when I hit a roadblock and I can't find the solutions, and I now know that there is nothing wrong with seeking a professional if you are on the track to better yourself. Like if you can't, if if you need therapy, and in some cases, if you need medication to get you over a hump, or if you need you know, certain doctor programs or whatever, there is nothing wrong with seeking help to better yourself. Cause it tells you one, you give a flying fuck about yourself and you want to make the changes. And sometimes we're not strong enough mentally or physically to do it on our own, which yep. is why there are tools to help you the sleeve and the bypass and the DS. These are tools, therapy. Those are tools, gym equipment. They are tools. Like yep. everything is just a tool and, and as a resource for you to get to the destination. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. You need right. someone to yeah. kind of guide you or to have a, like a think outside the box moment of, well, have you looked at it like this? I was very resistant for the last year about having ADHD testing done. And finally she's like, but at least she'll know not that you have to go on medication. Right. Why, why are you resistant to knowing? And I'm like, Okay, so now I changed the way I'm thinking about it. And I think it'll be really interesting to see the results because I'm kind of nerdy like that. And so now I'm, o I'm okay with it. Um, it's just sometimes you have to change the way you're thinking about things. Mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes you just need someone to hit you over the head with the obvious. <laughs> well, did you think of that? Oh, no, because it was right there in front mm -hmm. of my face and I, I can't see here. <laughs> Yeah. And, and sometimes you're so clouded by whatever your situation is that you can't always see what what's right in front of you. Yeah. Um, and the last thing, one of the last things I wanted to start to kind of end on is, you know, everyone has a different way of dealing with things. Misty and Tanya are big proponents of therapy and the importance of having talk therapy. But if that is not your thing, that does not mean that there's something wrong for you. That just means there's right. another resource that you need to yeah. tap into that works. Some people will do meditation. Some people do hypnotherapy. Some people do like, was it like goat yoga or whatever? Like they play with puppies. Like everybody's going to have a different journey. When it comes to health and wellness, we're all going to, we've all found what works for us personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Missy and I were just talking about it earlier. Missy loves her profies. I've never had a profi before because nine years ago, there was no profi talk and there was no TikTok. So I never learned what profi was. I drink my one single cup of coffee in the morning with my little creamer that's non-dairy because I can't have dairy anymore, um, which is a new discovery. And that's why we're irritated about it. Um, however, comma, I told Missy like, when I meet her in person, I am not touching Profi. I will not try Profi until I've met Missy in person and I try one of hers. Now, some people will swear by the Profi as that's their way of getting their protein in for the day. But And there are people who will condemn you. Like, how are you not putting protein in your coffee in the morning? Like, you should be starting your morning with coffee. And I'm like, bitch, I'm nine years out. Like, I, I think I'm doing all right. Like, doing my thing or whatever. But it doesn't mean that I'm condemning anybody else for doing what they're doing. Um, somebody like Tanya uh, might not be able to drink plain water. I didn't have water and answers back then. I've just been stuck with water and like squeezing a little lemon into mine. But people do like 
they add water enhancers and then people condemn you. Like you can't do that because it's bad for you. It's not water. <laughs> it's not real water, you know, but go enjoy your diet Coke. Cause that's, that's fine and acceptable apparently or whatever, you know, though the point being is going back to the comparing to others, you're yeah. going to find what works for you and you're going to find your own routine. Somebody like Teresa, um, if you follow Transforming Teresa Marie, she was just on her live and she was talking about, you're not going to see her at a gym. That's not her thing. You're not going to see her lifting weights and doing whatever. Her thing is she gets up every morning and she goes for a walk around the harbor and that's how she gets her exercise. There will be people who will attack her for not building muscle and not getting swole. But at the end of the day, do not be concerned with what other people are doing. Reach out to people for tips and suggestions. If you're struggling with water and you can reach out to Tanya, if you're struggling with getting enough protein and Misty says you might want to try putting it in your coffee in the morning, it's a little extra protein in the day. We can all give you like tips and tricks, but if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. It does not mean that you are a failure and that you are like not succeeding at this. We have to find what our life... Cause we're doing this for the rest of our lives. We're not mm -hmm. like Missy said, the surgery was just one day after that we are making single moment decisions on a daily basis to have a long, a long and luxurious life. What we're doing, do it for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I think it's important to note that, like I said before, we're all still learning whether you're eight months out, mm -hmm. two years out, nine years out, there, nobody has a life manual. Right. We're all still figuring it out. So, like, take it with a grain of salt. If somebody gives you a tip, a trick, piece of advice, that's just something that worked for, for them. Right. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. But we're all just, I, I, I believe, I think Brene Brown said it, like, we're just, we're doing the best we can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Beth, I love Beth's comment. Why can't we just know it's okay to be okay with what works for them? Let me drink my mustard every day and be happy. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not on the same boat as you, Beth, but you know what? More power to you. If mustard makes you happy, drink the fuck out of it every single day. Who cares? Yeah. And I think with TikTok, it's been wonderful because you can see and get ideas. Mm -hmm. I think where people get into trouble is that... <laughs> I don't agree with that idea. So it's wrong and it's yeah. going to condemn you, not in those words, but, and then it causes drama. Take what you need from others and leave, leave the rest. Yeah. It doesn't right. have to become this huge, huge thing. I personally have loved all the different ideas because I'm like, oh, I never, I never thought of that. Right. I never would have done that. Um, and some things yeah. I'm just like, oh, hell no. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a no for me. Um, at this time, because I, I never, I, I don't like to say no, I'm never, because that usually bites me in the, in the rear. It's kind of like raising kids. I like never say that it can never be your kid because it's probably your kid. So it's the same principle now. Yeah. Yeah, Beth, you're not selling me on the mustard. I'm sorry. It's not happening. But you know what? Never say never. <laughs> There might be a recipe that I come across that it might just change my freaking life and I might start drinking mustard every single day. But I, I don't see realistically that happening. No. But one of the things 
Number one, I fucking love you guys so hard. Like I have, this is probably, it's been a lot. It's been a good episode. It's been a good I episode. agree. Okay. I agree. You know, I, um, I, and you all know this, I love, and I think it stems from not having a voice for so long. And now that I have a voice and I can speak for myself, I feel like it's not an obligation, but I, I have to help speak for others who haven't found their voice yet. So as yeah. much as that's important to me, mm-hmm. or if I can be a voice for somebody who hasn't quite found theirs yet, I, I'm there. Mm-hmm. But I think this episode is is for you, is for us. Yeah. So as much as I want to be that voice for somebody, and I as much as I would think before that it for me to say what I'm going to say, it would make me sound selfish and so bitchy, but I'm going to put myself first because Mm -hmm. I've never done that. So now when people come at me now that I've lost this weight and I'm getting confidence, when the people that come at me saying, well, you've changed since you've lost the weight, you've changed. And I'm like, you're right. Yes, I have. You think it's a bad thing. I happen to think it's friggin' amazing. So if I'm going to put myself first, I'm, I'm okay with that now because that I've never done that before. No one's ever put me first. So I'm going to put myself first because I'm going to empower myself. So one of the that's what people take away from this. Yeah. One of the, the best things that happened, um, when I met Christine before Chicago is she's like, I, I, I'm a bit much and I know that and that's okay. And it is like, I love that because I want to be a bit much and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's freaking amazing. And yeah. and I love her so much for it because it's intimidating as hell at first when you're around her, <laughs> but she's amazing. And it's like to be, to be that confident and be like, yep, I'm a bit much and I'm not for everybody. <laughs> But you know, awesome. And she owns it. And that's, and like, again, there's a difference between confidence and cocky. And, you know, I've had people suggest that I have changed, you know, and I don't know, have I really changed? I'm still the same fucking person that I've always been. I might be more bubbly. I might be smiling more. I might not be putting up a shit anymore, but you had no problem enabling me when I was at my worst. Why are you not enabling me when I'm being positive? Why, like, if you were joining my energy when I was being depressed and negative and like, oh, why can't I have these things? Or, oh, the must be nice mentality. Why are you not enabling me when I'm having a really good day and I'm pumped as shit and I'm like motivating? So maybe help me celebrate my successes. Be happy. So I haven't, you changed, Mm -hmm. you stopped enabling or you only wanted to enable when it was convenient for you or like whatever. Oh no, that's so true. When it's when it was convenient for them, or when they could control you, mm-hmm. when they when they lose that ability to control the situation and control your actions and what you say, that's when they were like, "Well, wait a minute, what's happening here?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that note, I'm gonna give you guys a chance, like a, a chance to have any final thoughts and reflections. Um, I just wanted to throw in one last thing. Um, when you get to a certain point and you do find your confidence and like I said, people can mistake it for cockiness or whatever. When you start finding your voice and you start standing up for yourself and you start, you know, putting yourself on the pedestal that you deserve to be on the difference between 
the cocky part. Like there are people in this world, in this community and whatever that are no longer humbled by your past. So when, when you start rising to the top of your self-empowerment and your self-discovery, do not forget where you've come from. Do not let it tear you down. Like don't be a product of your past, but still be humbled by the journey that got you to this destination. Cause at any given time, I'm a perfect example. The rug can get pulled underneath you and you could fall back into the past temporarily. So it can happen to us at any given time. So it's important that we cherish every moment and, and thrive on every little success, mm-hmm. but do not let it get to our heads. Do not think that your shit doesn't stink or that your way is the only right way or your God's gift to, to everybody or whatever. Cause I'm sorry. On that note, Tanya, do you have any parting words before we go? Do you feel a little bit more empowered today? I do. And I just want to point out, especially, you know, for the new people, when you're looking at, at the people that like you admire and cause I fell into this trap myself and you're comparing and stuff like that. We're just people. We're just we're just people. We're more than willing to help, but sometimes we might, we might not be able to open ourselves up because yeah. I have seen other other people on here that have been have been damaged by things going south. So you also you really have to you have to put yourself first and fill your bucket, and you also have to do that to protect your peace as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and for the for the newbies, just keep going. It it gets so much better. You learn, you learn so much and you get into your, your groove and just instead of striving to be at the end, um, enjoy the successes along the way. Keep Mm -hmm. track of those NSVs. Mm -hmm. I try to do a video when I have them or write them down or take a picture. Um, those are the things that you're going to want to look back and remember on, on the tough days. I made it through that. I can make it through this. Yeah, absolutely. I fucking love that. What about you, Misty? What have you learned? What parting thoughts? Um, Parting thoughts. Well, um, I definitely have a very full cup after this discussion with you lovely ladies. Me too. Um, and like you said before, like I know there's been lots of comments. Um, I will, I'm going to go back and read them all later. <laughs> but um, I... I'm, I'm on this like discovery of myself and as, as confident, as strong as I feel today, I'm going to feel even stronger next week and then Mm -hmm. more the week after, because I'm not done. I still have a lot of work to do inside. Mm -hmm. Um, But what pushes me and what makes me want it and want to keep going is you know, like I'm going to be 46 this year. So I was overweight my whole life. I was miserable most of my life there. That little girl was miserable in my twenties and my thirties. I was miserable. So I'm, I'm fighting for me now, but I'm fighting for her then too, because she got me here. You know, that little girl, that 20, 30, early 40 year old, she got me here. So I have so much love for her because I didn't love her before. So I love her now. So I'm going to keep fighting. And I hope that's what people take away from this is keep fighting for yourself because 
you're worth it. Like you can put yourself on the front burner as much as you need to, you're allowed to do that. So if you need permission to do it, if this is your permission, mm -hmm. put yourself first. Absolutely. hundred percent. Put yourself first. And if you don't know how to do that, ask for help. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with asking for guidance or a step in the right direction. Fuck. I love you guys so much. This is amazing. Love you. Absolutely. Love you both. Um, on that note, like, again, thank you so much to Misty and Tanya. We ran over because we were having a good time. Um, and I did not want to cut this short. I felt it was really important. Um, I am always looking for other amazing men and women um, and people in the bariatric community who want to share their story and have a conversation and talk about the shit that not everybody's talking about on a public forum. Send me a message. You can reach us at info at sherryarcuria.com. You can send me a message on the website. Um, you can even um, send me a message here on the video and I will see it. I'm always looking for people who want to share their story and talk about their journey um, because no two journeys are going to be the same. There is something that we can learn from every single one of them. This is a perfect example. You have Tanya, who's still a newbie, who and newbie is a year or less. You have Misty, who's got a couple years under her belt and is still and like is still navigating her way through. I'm going to be nine years out and I'm still navigating. I'm still a shit show on a daily basis. And I'm very vocal about that, which is fine. But the point is, is we're all in different phases in our journeys, but we've all learned things. Tanya's learned more in the first eight months than I ever did in the eight months. And I think a lot of it has to do with community and conversations and meeting oh, people, yeah. you know, that can relate. Um, yeah. Some of these things it took me years to learn because I didn't have these resources. So Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, do not be afraid to ask out, do not be afraid to join communities and support groups and reach out and have a conversation and start getting the, you know, the conversation going, um, on that note, I can ramble with you guys forever. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much and thank you so much for all of the comments and the love that you guys gave this, um, episode today. You can watch all episodes of Unzip with Sherry on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, pretty much anywhere there's a podcast. I am plastered all over it because I am an attention whore and that's what I need. I need attention. So we were all over the place. So you can find us anywhere. On that note, thank you ladies so much. I love you. And we will see love you next. You. We will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>